This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is iFanboy Pick of the Week 662, brought to you by Eero. Never think about Wi-Fi again. Get $100 off the Eero base unit and two beacons package in one year of Eero Plus. Molecule, the only air purifier that actually destroys pollutants. For $75 off your first order, visit M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com and at checkout, enter iFanboy. And iFanboy listeners just like you.
Christian month or more too. Happy holidays. Any old dance that you like to do. Hello, welcome back, fanboy. Pick of the week, episode six hundred and sixty-two. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and this is my co-host Josh Flanagan. Sup? You're back. I am. I never went anywhere. That's really how it works. But I wasn't on, so. It's a metaphor for life. I know. We are a fanboy. Every week we read a bunch of comics, and one of us picks their favorite book. Call it the pick of the week. We'll talk about that book as well as other books from the week. We'll do the patron pick if we have time to do some listener mail, patron powers, all the fun stuff. Because at the end of the day, this is an exercise in having fun for you, for us, for the everyone involved. That's what you should be getting out of this. Is fun, no anger. Well, uh. <laughs> that's water. not. I was like, that's not water, is it? You're like, no anger. Glug 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 glug. <laughs> Here's your spoiler warning. It's a review show. There'll be some spoilers. Exercise some caution. Use your head this week, Josh. Josh had the pick. I did have the pick. The pick of the week is Amazing Spider-Man number 10. Um, I don't think that that was a lock. I had to do the, like, look at everything after the fact. And like, mm-hmm. I remember enjoy. I enjoyed some books a lot this week. And then I was very upset with some books this week. Sure. And, and so, and, and the, the former happened earlier. So by the end, I, was, I just read a bunch of books I didn't like. I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I was like, all right, I, I read Amazing Spider-Man earlier. I enjoyed that. And then there were several things that I had enjoyed. Um, and I was thinking about, you know, the stuff that sort of m- made me laugh. And um, and, and I just was like, oh, yeah, that was a really fun Amazing Spider-Man issue. And it was one of those weeks where I, I, I like a good mid-run issue, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, and I also like that it did a couple of things um, that – I think we talk about a lot is that you know these these uh, characters get changed and then they have to reset the board every once in a while to yeah. to stop them from being stupid and right. and I realized that I was like oh this issue is fixing these problems but it's doing it very elegantly meaning uh, we we've solved the dumb black cat problem where right. she's sort of back to being her her normal self. And, and they really fob it off without an explanation, which I am 100% fine with. She's like, I, I just went through some stuff. And you're like, great, let's move along. Uh, we, 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 we sort of wrapped up the Mary Jane sort of issues. Like, yeah, I had this job. It was great. I don't have it anymore. Okay. You know, Peter and Mary Jane are back together. Uh, and, you know, I, I thought that, uh, you know, introduction of a new, uh, I guess, villain or mm-hmm. at least antagonist in this Thieves Guild thing. Um, and a lot of and a lot of really funny moments. Um all well, this has been together. a really good issue. Yes. Yeah, this was a really good issue, and it's been a really good series. We've talked about it a lot. It's one of my favorite Marvel series. And uh, I and this is Herberto Ramos on art, who has done a terrific job, along with uh, Michelle Bandini, who did the who did the Mary Jane scenes, who was fine. Yeah. But Humberto Ramos' scenes, the Black Cat stuff was terrific. Um, I really loved the scene at the end with the two of them sitting on the roof after they defeated the Thieves Guild and had their heart-to-heart talk. And, and I really, actually really really liked her whole point of view and I thought it was really it was really touching that she you know Spider-Man reveals his identity way back in Civil War to the whole world mm-hmm. and then they, they used mystic mumbo jumbo to erase it so no one remembered who he was and she said basically I've been a little angry because I know we had a relationship and we've had a long term friendship and and I don't know who you are anymore. And I realized there's a, you know, someone took that information away from me. And there's a hole in my head and heart. And I thought that was a really interesting way to look at. I don't think anyone's ever dealt with it that way. They may have, but I haven't read it. Where mm-hmm. a character acknowledges, "Hey, you ripped this information out of my head," and not just information, but she, you know, they were, they dated a lot. They yeah. were, they had feelings for each other, and 
it would be like if you suddenly woke up and could not remember the name of your ex or their face, but knew they were there. Yeah. And they were always around in a mask, too. That may, You may have a whole other issue if that's what your situation is. But um, I thought that was a great scene. It really was emotional. Yeah. And, and, and his decision to unmask and, and tell her his name, I thought was really sweet. It, and, also, that was, a, that was a dramatic moment because I'm reading yeah. that scene. Like, I was like, I don't know which way he's going to go with this. Yeah. And, and I thought, you know, there's not a lot in, in superhero comics at this point that where, you know, like, oh, you really surprised me. But he made that choice. And then, and then the and other... Also great language in that scene. Yes, from, absolutely. From... And also the, the other great thing from that um, was that the, the following thing is that Peter comes home. And I, and I just like this because it was like adult shit as opposed to dumb drama shit. Like he, and he tells Mary Jane everything exactly what it is. And she's like, all right. And I just thought, oh, thank God, because I don't, I don't have the patience like in real life for stupid drama, and and so in this, I was like, oh, good, they're gonna just act like adults about this thing because all the other stuff is around that matters, and I just, I just thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, I thought this was great. I mean, the the thief skill stuff was fun. I like Peter. I like Spider Man and Black Cat as a team. Mm-hmm. I always have. The Avenger stuff was funny. I, I mean, like it was, it was a hokey stuff, but yeah. there was. It was a hokey dad joke. Almost to have her pull out, of like, what about that Find My iPhone app? Uh, you know, but I was like, oh, it totally worked. Like, because the, the, the geniuses in the room were both like, oh, yeah. So <laughs> overthinking it, and Miss Marvel, so all their stuff got stolen by the Steve's Guild. All their, you know, uh, the Eye of Agamotto and mm-hmm. uh, Black Black Widow's gauntlets and all kinds of stuff. And so they've all gathered with with uh, Tony and Reed Richards, who, by the way, this is the first time I've seen most of these people interact with Reed Richards. You think they'd, they'd be like, hey, you're, you're alive. Uh, to to find their stuff, and they're all overthinking it. Miss Marvel pulls out her iPad and says, "Hey, they stole my phone, and I've got the Find Your iPhone app on here." And <laughs> and I liked that she was. It was a great comedic beat where she holds it up and it just pings. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking that same thing. Because that is her personality. I also liked how Riri, who I figured out was Riri, um, was like, "It's great." <laughs> just, just there was just little tiny uh, dialogue bits that I, I thought worked really well. Uh, all throughout it, you know, I laughed a couple of times. I liked, I liked the bit with the sort of uh, the uh, support group bit. Yeah, like it's Jarvis's little speech to her at the end was great too. Like you yes. know, we are, we are not superheroes and we are not powerful and we can't fly and but we are just as worthy of their love and friendship as anyone else is. And I thought that was a great thing because it, if you think about it, it would be really hard to be the. Sure supporting character in real life to someone like that you know i'm sure i'm sure celebrities have you know people with I'm, really famous or rich people feel this way like i'm, I'm, not, I'm sure there's also an allegory to some of the comic book creators right uh you know like you, you have these people you know they're not famous famous but they go to conventions they're you know they're they're sort of online lives are different all that stuff is going on and they all have not all but a lot of them have spouses and they're living like normal lives in this and it's a weird place to be in um, mm-hmm. I, I think that that's one way that like a comic creator can sort of like make that line and make it believable. This is a really good series, yep. and uh, it looks like Otley's back for the next arc. At yeah. least he's in, at least he's in the cover, um, which usually means he's back. But uh, I I've, I've been loving this one since it's been back, and I'm glad. I, when you picked it, I was like, "Yep." Yeah. I mean, it, was, it wasn't my pick, but it was probably a close second. Yes. And it was really just semantics on what was picked. Good solid issue. And and yeah. sometimes that's what you need and what you want. And also, you know, it, it's still somewhat of a, a novelty to me to have an Amazing Spider-Man book that I'm really enjoying. You know, like I've been, you know, with uh, Superior Foes of Spider-Man. I was like, why can't Spider-Man be like this? And now it is, you know, and, and uh, it's good. It's fun. Let's 
Let's throw you a curveball and talk about my pick before we get to the next book on the uh, on the list. Oh, so okay. It's, it's Action Comics 1005. Okay. Which, uh, with the Ryan Souk on art, continuing the... This, I think, this is my favorite of the two books. There's Action and Superman, obviously, that Bendis is writing, and Superman has been really heavily involved in the uh, Kryptonian stuff and the death of Krypton, and that's mm-hmm. less interesting to me. I'm still enjoying it, but this has been the more grounded... Uh, uh, you know, which is funny because it's the ac- one called Action, but it's yeah. a more grounded story where, he, following cl- a lot of its Clark Kent, it's, it's run around the Daily Planet and the 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 criminals in Metropolis, the Red Mist character, and and th- so that's a story that I'm more interested in. And the Ryan Suk arc certainly helps, but in the beginning when the uh, hired, hired goon tries to sell the Dial H for Hero Dial to his boss, and then the question shows up and beats them all up, I I literally yelped. Mm-hmm. Because I I don't know the last time I saw that question like this I mean it's, it could be ten years since there was this since the fixed age version savage version of the of, I thought sage, sage. Uh, sage I thought it was gonna be the Phantom Stranger at first for some reason and I was like well that's weird and then like before I got to the end of the page I was like oh it's the question and it was the same thing well I haven't seen the question since. Rucka wrote Renee Montoya as the question so whenever the real the other question was, was that fifty two. Well, that's when she took over, so it would have been Vic Sage would have been before that. So yeah. that was a long time ago. That was over ten years ago. And then as soon as I saw it, I was like, well, "Of course, Bendis is going to write the question. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is." Um, and and it's funny because, I mean, I we haven't seen the question in a while, and I've kind of forgotten. <laughs> I was like, "Wait, wait, what's this? What's the deal with him?" And 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 so like he, it's pretty violent, you know that bit. He's got blood sort of coming off his fingers, and also Ryan Sook drew. <laughs> Actual stars swirling around the bad guy's head. <laughs> He's gotten knocked out, which is a whimsy I can very much appreciate. Um, I mean, you don't get much of him, but it's nice. I mean, I, he's yeah. clearly going to be more involved in the story because he's also hunting the Red Cloud, who was the the misty villain that we don't, we find out whose identity is in this issue. But look, before we get to that, um, I also like that we brought back the firefighter character, the yeah. one who's got on Superman, as she realizes that the government of Metropolis is kind of crooked. They want her to stop investigating the arsons, which we haven't I, dealt with in a while. I really liked how that scene was written. Yeah. Uh, just the the way that, uh, you know, like Wonder Woman is standing right off to the corner, uh, you know, the, the in the way that it's, it's, it was like the wire. I mean, it was like Carcetti or, you know, whatever. It was, it was, I thought it was really nice. Um, it was funny though, is that she, she, I suppose this is a criticism, but she's like, it was gross, and it's not my usual thing to go to the gala. Cut to her in a perfectly form-fitting sequin dress. I was like, come on. Make make her look out of place. Like, I get it. It's Ryan Zook. They want to draw beautiful women or whatever. But I was like, this is like a Frank Cho book. What the? Well, you know. I know. Looks, and then... Uh... You know, I just love the way Ryan Sook draws Superman when he when he when he goes into action in the second half of the book. It's just it's just such a it's just such a good Superman. Yeah. And finally, the mist is revealed to be the the new reporter who's been bothering Clark at the at the paper. So I guess we'll find out about that. But um, we've been waiting for that to sort of shake out. That looks we like wish a, it was bad. That looks like a Brent Anderson drawing. That last page. Let's see. The when she's sitting on. Oh yeah, yeah it does. But I, I just love every element of this book. Yeah. I thought the opening scene was great. I liked the sequence in the middle. Super, the Superman stuff was terrific. I just, I know we we broke our streak. We didn't talk about a couple of Bendis issues of Superman in a row, but people started to get worried. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have not stopped reading them. No. 
and I still like them. This would have been my pick if I had to pick this week, but it would have been by inches. I could see that. I, I don't think this would have been. I don't think this was it quite in the running. I enjoyed it a lot, and and talking to you about it made me enjoy it more for sure. Um, but I don't. I don't think I had it quite up there. It's just like, like oh, touch. another one of these. Um, yeah. You know what? You know what? Almost had a chance. <laughs> yeah, Heroes of Crisis Three almost had a chance. Um, and it, it's solely for the reason that, like, I don't like the story. Yes. Like, I don't like the concept of it. I really, I just don't. I, I know yeah. you don't. I know you don't. And and I don't like that. Like, the next part of this is going to be like there's going to be a, a sanctuary series. I guess. Uh, I think is was there? announced or something like that. I think I saw Tom talking about it. Now, despite that, I can definitely appreciate it. Um, and there was a, we talked about that with issue two. Yeah, I know we did, but like this one was the one where, where with three, like it, it came together. I was like, okay, I think I know what we're doing here. Like I, I think we got far enough along that I could I could get my hooks into it a little bit more because the first issue was super vague and I didn't really know what was going on. The second one was like, this is good, you know. But I saw what the story is, and there were starting to be some characters to sort of grab on here. We're seeing where Wally West is and why he's there, and I was like, that, that makes sense. Like it all tracks you've got this 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 fish man who just keeps sitting getting zapped over and over again and and again <laughs> he's a murloc um I, I i liked you know that like booster gold chose to talk to himself in there it's all it, it, like basically it all tracks yeah. it just doesn't well not all of it all of that stuff tracks and so that all makes sense as we, as we said last time the individual scenes are well done yeah, I don't buy any of the Harley Quinn stuff again. Mm-hmm. We, issue two was the issue where she defeated Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, which we which we didn't buy. And here she kills Wally West with a mallet blow to the head, which I also don't buy. Well, she's overpowered and all this stuff. We said that before, but but like he's he, as a superhero, he's taken worse hits. Yes, I know. And I don't believe he would. Allow that to happen. He, ha- you know, he mm-hmm. he moves very quickly. I've heard that faster than uh, most. Faster ever- than most. Yeah. Uh, I just don't buy that. I, I, you know, for a second, I don't know if they were trying to make you think this or not, but you know, the whole mystery is who has killed everyone at Sanctuary, and I thought maybe it was going to be Booster's double. Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't obviously. Uh, I mean, we can talk about the Lee Weeks art, and you have on the scripts here that the art is by Clay Mann and Lee Weeks, which should be reversed because Clay Mann did two right. pages and Lee Weeks did all the other pages. Yeah, and, and also that, that that was another factor to it. Like, I think Clay Mann did a great job, but I know that when I opened this book uh, and I read that sort of first uh, uh, – those um, uh, testimonial pages that we have, the nine-panel grid, uh, and I like those. Uh, but then we cut to the art uh, of the dude getting zapped through the forest, and then that overhead shot of Wally – as great we look job. at him on the bed through the fan, and I literally went, "Wow, that's a great page." And, and it's that, a beautiful, beautiful page. Yeah, and and I like Clay Man; he's doing a great job. But I like Lee Weeks more. Oh, interesting. I, I do. I think I think that it just. He's, well, you know, I mean, he's yeah. one of my favorite artists. So. Totally, I, and and I just it's it's one of those things like. Yes, like we, as we said it before, like the concept, you know, is not personally my favorite thing. There's probably continuity flaws in it or whatever, but it is very thoughtfully done and it's very interesting despite that to me. And that to me, you know, is a strength, you know, like it's it's one of those like, well, I shouldn't like this, but I am reading it. I'm not like annoyed. I'm not dropping it, you know. If they slapped an Elseworlds logo on the front of this, mm-hmm. I would say this is amazing and everyone should be reading it. I think if anybody else was doing this, it wouldn't work. 
Well, because that's because it's so it's so personal yeah. to Tom King's experiences with the war with the war he fought, and I get that. If, but if if this was out of continuity and just an, just sort of a Elseworlds inter- interpretation of these heroes dealing with psychological stress and them all getting murdered for it, I would. This would be one of those great standalone DC projects that you could put on a shelf. Probably we're only three issues out of nine, so we're not even halfway through yet. But as a con- in continuity piece, I just can't. I can't buy it. I just can't buy it. Yeah. No. I and I get that. And and I. I mean, ultimately, like I, I was. I was like, could I make this pick of the week? Because I. You know, the other thing is, I. I have a feeling like th- there's a lot of chatter about this that I didn't see. Like, because I saw Tom responding to something about that, and I like stuff about it bothers people, and I, I was like, ah, I don't know about any of this stuff or care, and I like that I don't. I like that I. Right. I was taking it on its own. Um, but ultimately, I. I don't like. It wasn't. It wasn't the most fun, and that's what I've been going with lately. Right. But I could have made a case for it. Um, I could have also made a case <laughs> for Old Man Hawkeye number 11 uh, with Ethan Sachs' razor-sharp script. There were multiple <laughs> moments where I just thought, oh, he's treading that line. Uh, not not in the same way that Donny Cates does, but in a, in a sort of manner that's familiar to that. You're like, oh, you've got that tone just right for this thing. It's a and, little less goofy than Donny Cates. Yeah, but it is goofy. Like, it's goofy but takes itself seriously at the same time, yeah. but in the way that comics used to, and it was great. Like, when we went back and read the Blue Superman stuff, I was like, oh, right. this is ridiculous, but it was taking itself really seriously. Um, there was another not like this joke. I haven't decided whether I like that or not. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's your albatross as a Hawkeye fan. Yeah, no, it is. Well, no, it was the, the repeat. And I was like, does the repeat make it funnier or make it dumber? And I can't decide. Um, and also, <laughs> I like the fact that really all this is is the like the end game of Thunderbolts, which is such a weird yeah. thing because that was 25 years ago or whatever it was. <laughs> and it wasn't like the most popular thing. And they're like, you know what? Let's do this story. And so for me, I'm like, this is perfect. However... I got really mad because the artist is um, Fran- Francesco Mobili, uh, not uh, Marco Cicchetto, who had been doing the rest of it. And I know— Other than one issue. Other than one issue. Yeah, yeah, uh, seven. Sure. But yeah. but that I get. But this is the run-up. This is the finale. No, this is the climax. I agree with you. This this is the climax of the story. I mean, I, I mean, he's still got to fight Bullseye yeah. next issue. And, but, like, this is a major important issue where he finally confronts Zemo in his headquarters at the Weapon X facility in Canada and— and I mean, this is this is where we've all been heading. Yes, at least in Clint's head. In our head, we know Bullseye's out there. But Clint, in Clint's mind, this is the this is the this is his uh, this is a denouement. Mm-hmm. And uh, to have it not drawn by Chichetto was an interesting and puzzling choice. Well, I know that he's moving over to Daredevil, which is going to be written by Chip Zdarsky. But it just it, it it goes with this sort of theme of like we're not. The publishers are not valuing the artist as a con- as a consistent contributor factor, and I don't. I, I'm guessing that I guess the readers don't in a way either. But it's especially it's, for a miniseries. I mean, it's not like it's an ongoing. And I, if, I, if yes. it's ongoing, I would understand. But this is a this is a contained yes. piece. And again, we had an issue where he didn't draw it, but it was halfway through the run, and this is the this is the big moment. Is it, you know, this is yeah, and and also a, I don't know if he's coming on for twelve or not, but uh, I don't know. It, it was, but the and, the and I want to like the art wasn't bad. It it wasn't it wasn't great. There was a couple times where I was in there was a there was a couple storytelling issues on a couple of pages. I was like, Argh! you know, but I maybe not even have noticed it if I hadn't been sort of aware to it. it, it but I had really been like I had just been enjoying the whole thing as a package. And this is like uh, this is I saw the Shins once, and it was like an amazing show. And like we were, I was really surprised. I was like, wow, that was great. So they came back the next year, and like the whole band was different. And again, that's their right to do it or whatever. But it didn't. It wasn't the same. 
You know, like yeah. the the main guy. You know, you know, uh, Mercer was was the same guy, but the, like it, it just lost something. And this was this was a this was a special thing I thought in sort of this realm of current superhero comics. And yep. such a bummer. Now that being said, it's a great issue. It was a, I I didn't see the twist coming. Yes, it was a great twist. I don't know how many arrows Hawkeye has in his quiver, but it's not that many. <laughs> it's best we don't talk about that. But um, it was an effective. Anyway, the 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 reveal is is that. Zemo is, uh, he's had many strokes and he's wasting away in a wheelchair. He can't even talk. He can only type with his, with a couple of fingers on a keyboard attached to his wheelchair. And that's how he's been talking the whole time. And he's basically too sad to even get revenge on, is he? But he's still like, but he's, he's, yeah, like he's offended by the fact that he is supposed to be a Zemo and then Hawkeye's still running around. And And I think the thing that I love most about this is like, I've said for a long time, you know, between Steve Rogers and Clint Barton, those are my two favorite Marvel characters, which is funny because they're sort of opposite sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. But it, it, lots of times through the years that we've been doing this show, we will read a story with Clint Barton. And I'll say that was fun, but I don't know who that character was. It wasn't quite right or it didn't track or like right. movies are like that. And I was like, this is Hawkeye yeah. as I think of him. And it, and it, it like realistically and, and really well aged like oh it's him as an older person and it just all tracks and it's it was really skillful um, there's a sprinkling of Hawkeye but not it's more the, it's more old yeah, school Hawkeye but, but that almost brings it it's that's just a way to bring it more into sort of today's sensibility but but that character is still the same and it tracks um, and even in this case you know like like Kate Bishop works really well in here if we're going to talk about a Hawkeye thing you know right I, I like her. I, I like her relationship with him in this, and uh, it's just—it's really good. Uh, it's been super fun. And at the end, it's all like, "Are we going to do more in this area?" And I was like, "Just don't, don't mess with it. It's going to not be good." But this was just made for me, so it's hard for me to want you know be able to be. Uh, it, it was. I still like reading it, and this is a great yeah. series. And I think we'll probably be talking about it on the year end show. But mm-hmm. uh, it was disappointing that it was not Chichetto. It's just art. such a. It's just such a weird choice although not on like it's like of course of course with two issues to go no one was like no no let's do this right yeah and 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 we're seeing it over and over again and this this you know the double shipping and the whatever and people have to make their nut and they have to go or do do the jobs that they have to do but it sucks speaking of marvel 2 and 1 number 12 the final issue of this series just i mean it's just weird i i'm weird I, I like it, and I'm letting it go. I'm just saying, okay, so this is all one big 12-issue thing, and to me, it's co- sort of a – it's just a delight. I'm not sure how it fits in, and I know that it's, – th- it's, it's almost – because this issue – I think it would, it would be might be less weird if it didn't keep coming out the same week as Fantastic Four. Yep. But it's almost like Chip Zdarsky had this plan to bring the Fantastic Four back, mm-hmm. and then in the middle of it, they said, actually, we're going to give this the slot. And he just kept going. I, I like – Because it doesn't like- track – Nope. I love that, it though. It doesn't go together. The two stories are literally the same story told different ways. In this issue, they're all back on Earth, mm-hmm. just like in the Fantastic War book that came out this week. They all That's... come back in completely different ways. So who the fuck knows? And Reed, Reed went completely gray uh, between this issue and the Amazing Spider-Man issue we talked about. Right. Reed's got a gray beard in that one. He's got a brown beard in this one. He has a weird hipster brown beard in Fantastic Four. Yeah. Like, get it together, editors. This is my favorite one, though, is the point. <laughs> and and the fact, like, it's weird because somebody knows this is good because they brought in 
you know, Ramon Perez to draw it, and he just, yeah. you know, he agreed to, and they, they went through this thing, and that has a certain energy and feel to it that's fun. You got monsters in the, big Kirby monsters in the street destroying buildings, which is super fun. Um, a jacket got destroyed, which longtime listeners will know uh, is a touch point for us. Um. <laughs> I mean, I, I think, I mean, I think this is some of the best Perez stuff. Yeah, uh, I think a couple of issues were a little wonky, but for the most part, this they were good. This was the best one, maybe. Oh. Yeah. It was. It's. I mean, I like let Chip Zdarsky write the Fantastic Four. Yeah. I'm not. You know what? It's not even that I was going to talk about Fantastic Four too, because I enjoyed that one too. But you do have to do a little bit of mental stretching. Like uh, read. Yeah, exactly. I think I did that without thinking about it, but it was definitely influenced. <laughs> um, and I and I also like the like the message that like they 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 got Johnny like one of the things is they got Johnny over all this stuff. He was like, yeah. I, I get it, you pissed me off, but you did it to protect me, and that was the wrong choice. But it was because you love me. I can understand that. Let's move along. And so they they wrap that part up. I also hadn't noticed until the end that this is two in one uh, Human Torch and Invisible Woman, not Human Torch and Thing, which right. is just a little thing. They've been mixing it up since the Fantastic Four yep. returned in the book, but so it's a great. It's a great. It's been a great twelve issues. Yes. It's just weird. Everything is weird. Nothing makes sense, as we know. Nothing matters. Yeah. Hey, uh, you you know what makes sense and what matters actually? Both of those things uh, is my Eero, my Eero uh, Wi-Fi router. Uh, it, it is a it is a system, the single single router model that we've all been used to. It's not working as much. Uh, we have our devices in every place in the house. It's not like you have one computer there. You got walls. You got to deal with all that stuff. And there's just more and more bandwidth going through all over the place. And so to be in that one room in your house where your your phone doesn't work or whatever kind of gets annoying. And I know that you know I'm talking about the bathroom right now. But <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. So I've been using Eero since whenever they first came on the show a few months ago, um, and I switched off of my my previous uh, router. Of, I'm not sure I'm allowed to say a brand, so I won't. Perfectly serviceable, but you know the idea of having one sort of central unit uh, in the place where I was keeping the other router, which is much smaller and cleaner and, and looks more like a consumer product, honestly, uh, and then a couple of beacons at different places in my house has sort of made my life a lot easier. Um, it's made this show sound better. I don't know if you know that. Um, I really like the app. Uh, I can look and I can see what units are connected to which beacon or which system and, and move those things around. Everybody gets a profile. I can put, uh, if my kids have a device, I can put a timer on that where it no longer is connected. Um, and it's been really rock steady and good. Uh, you know, it updates itself. It's just a lot easier than the previous system was for me. Um, and which is true, because if you go, if you, I know this, if you go into your Wi-Fi router setting on sort of one of the older ones, you get there by dropping in some... Uh, IP address that you don't know and it's all these yep. settings that are really confusing and degree yeah and yeah and you can get here or you need a Ron um, <laughs> and I don't always believe him uh, but but you know this you, you can sort of be sure that Eero is more up to date it's got the latest WPA2 in- encryption uh, it's updating I've seen it happen it does it pretty quietly in the background uh, and it's just a little it's a little easier to handle and then if that isn't enough for you they have really great customer support uh, you know you if you can call you'll have a Wi-Fi expert within 30 seconds if you have any questions about your other connected devices uh, the experts are there to help you with it um, you can call them it's one of those things if you look up reviews of the company you're like wow their customer support's really on tap, which I think is, is really nice if that's the kind of thing that you think you need. And you never know when you will, by the way. <laughs> um, 
So uh, I say you need to go check this out. Uh, if you've been in the market to figure out, I need to go. I need to figure out where I should go with my Wi-Fi next. Uh, it's definitely worth your look. You can go over to uh, Eero.com/ifanboy. You want to use the promo code ifanboy. You're gonna get a hundred dollars off. Hundred dollars off the Eero base unit and two beacons package, uh, and one year of Eero Plus, uh, which is sort of their advanced security system. Um, so again, let's go to ifanboy. Or I'm sorry, Eero.com/ifanboy and enter the checkout code ifanboy. It's a hundred dollars off. Um, and I've really enjoyed it. So we haven't really talked about the death of Daredevil storyline. I, I don't think we have at all. Maybe we have. I don't. I, it's hard. They come out so fast. that Daredevil I'm... 612. Yeah, it's true. Charles Soule, Phil Noto. Charles Soule wrapping up his run on Daredevil. Phil Noto, one of our favorite artists. Yep. And uh, I mean, it's been good. It's I been, liked it. It's been pretty good. I don't know what the death part has to do with anything or sort of where it came from. I just feel like it was a thing to put on top of the book. It was weird because it wasn't – they're not a, it's not like they're even pretending he's dead. Yeah. You know, not even in a comic way. He – well, I mean, I, so I actually I'm very curious what you thought because this issue revealed that basically the entire storyline was in Matt's head. Yeah, when It was in, sur- in surgery and I, you tend to not like that. Sort of I did not like that. <laughs> I was quite upset by it. I di- I didn't like the was it Mike? I didn't like the the yeah. mystery twin brother thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a super comic booky, and I get it. I mean, like if 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 uh, it had been done in the comic book in 1968, it would have been like it would be a classic. But uh, to me, I was like, eh, it's not really working for me. You know, he sees Karen in his dreams, and you know, I, I didn't love that bit. I think that the story was strong enough on its own. Mm-hmm. Sort of mayor, mayor. Uh, you know, I think all the lawyer stuff that Charles is really good at, and then the, the sort of mayor of New York stuff, which is a loose allegory to the presidency. I thought all that worked really well. I did not like this. What's the character that turned out to be his brother, the one with the crucifix on that, him? That guy. Yeah, that guy. I didn't like that at all. Um, <laughs> you know, the bits in you know the 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 uh, you know Fisk in in court, which is. Uh, you know, uh, Jack Nicholson in A Few Good Men, basically, where he, he you know, his ego gets him. Yeah, but I, I, I didn't, I've been enjoying this, but I did not buy that moment that yeah. he slipped up so easily. Like, he did it, I haven't slipped up fine, but he did it on, like, the second question. Yep. Which I thought was a little too, like, really? Yeah, After all I, this, yeah you probably he's right. He's just didn't make a mistake it. in court. Yep. But then I guess that should have been the clue that it wasn't real. <clears throat> Maybe. Um. I guess the death part is that he briefly dies on the table while he's being worked on because uh-huh. he goes – it fades to black and he he sees Karen and then, it, and then at the very end we get a heartbeat. So he's he's back. So, so uh, I'm mixed. Technically he's dead for one – two pages I guess. Yeah. I, I, I'm mixed because like I – I thought generally Charles sold a really good run on this. You know, all that Ron Garney stuff yep. at the beginning was good. You know, it's, yep. it was a five-year run. Which blew or does my it just feel like five years? No, he said at the end five years, and I was like, "Really?" Although the last five years have gone quite speedy, um, <laughs> you know, and that's five years, that's ten years worth of comics or something like that. It's right. it's, it's insane, uh, you know. But but it, you know, it's been good. I wonder if it was five years or just five years worth of comics. You know, there were things about it that were good. So I'm overall, I'm going to be thinking of it pretty positively. But I didn't love this. Part. Mm-hmm. Um, as soon as as soon as it was revealed, it was all in his head. I was like, "Oh, Josh is not." Well, oh, everybody this. should be mad about something like that. That's such a. Ugh. I don't mind it, but I you're get, out of your I mind. Get, I like those kind of <laughs> things, but 
Uh, books of Magic you're still reading. Yeah, I, I went back and checked in. I have to remember Tom Fowler's drawing that, and I will always buy Tom Fowler stuff. Um, last issue was sort of a first issue problem where, like, oh, this is kind of cool, but you couldn't really tell what it was. And what was good about this was they moved things forward a little bit. And also, it very quickly differenti differentiated itself from a Harry Potter thing. It's important to note, and I checked to make sure, like, this came before Harry Potter. Like 100%. And, yeah, yeah. and there were questions at the beginning, you know, like, well, did, did J.K. Rowling rip this off? And, like, it was established that she didn't or whatever. And I don't think that's a thing at all. But either way, as you went through this, I was like, okay, okay you, I can easily see how this is different than a, than a Harry Potter thing. And it was fun and it was exciting. But it was definitely one of those things where, like, I got to the end of the issue and I was like, okay, I, I want more now. Like, they're, it's maybe just a little bit decompressed. Um, but it was fun and it, and it feels like a Vertigo book. Um, and, I, and I like watching. I, I'm... I'm I'm sort of salivating for like, I want Tom Fowler to draw some monsters soon. Um, you know, and I feel like they're working me up to that. So um, it was, it was fun. It was good. They're going to gonna... tease it out for you. Until That's you fine. Can't take it anymore. That's fine. Man Eaters number three, Chelsea Kane, Kate Nimsick. Uh, I'm still enjoying this. I am too. And it included my favorite panel of the week. Uh -oh. If we had had uh, the panel of the week feature, but there's a uh, night vision shot with one, two, three, four, five, six, seven corgis in it, and it just says their names over it. And oh, the names, good, yeah. the names are Greg, Merkin, funny, Spider Man, Curiosity, Amy Pond, Burt Reynolds, and Marsha. And I just laughed a lot on that because it's ridiculous. And there's a there's a wonderful tone in this book. There's a great sense of humor that uh, makes me really happy, and, and it's uh, it's fun. And I and I and I got hints of that when I read that Mockingbird series. Um, I don't think the whole thing was super strong, but there were things about it that were really good. And I thought that last issue was really good. There's a like a wacky sensibility, and again the the I mean it's it the. It's not really hiding the allegory that's happening here. It's pretty in your face, and I no, it's I totally like in your face. And this this really allows her to cut loose uh -huh. with her with all of her frustrations on on gender. Right, but also with, where you can't really do in a mockingbird, but you have to kind of hide it. This is like this allows her to really put it in the forefront. But also, like it, what's important to note is that if that is all the book is, it's boring. But this right. is at the same time, it's funny, it's imaginative, the characters are interesting, and the bit at the end where we're like, wait, what's going on with these girls is interesting and intriguing. It's, oh no! The, it's good. If it was just if it was just her yelling about yeah. how much it sucks, then it would it would be fun. But it's it's done in a funny way. She's she's right. venting with humor, and I really like the first scene where the you know the the, the kids are in middle school and mm -hmm. health class learning about puberty. And this isn't a societal thing. This is just a biology thing. The, yeah. guy, the, the guys are reading about what testosterone does, and they're like, "Yeah," and the girls are like, "Oh fuck." Yeah. You know, because it, <laughs> when you hit puberty, it goes. It sucks for some ways, for and it's awesome in other ways, and it's more awesome, at least in terms of what testosterone does for young boys, and yeah. the women have to go through a lot more problems to, when they hit puberty. So it, that's that was a fun scene. I just think this is one of those things where like there are a lot of shithead trolls on the internet or something, and and they'll you know look at this and be like oh it's a feminist thing, and 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 then you stop there. This is a dumb reason to not like something, but like this is just a good book, like mm -hmm. it's coming from a feminist perspective, but. That doesn't – who gives a shit? Um, I mean it's good. Like that's even a good that's, – that's a strength of it. I don't mean to say it that way. But like it just backs – it's a good book. I like it. Yeah. You're right. And there's a the, – the, the cliffhanger was interesting. Yes. It's, 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 it's imaginative. So you know, it's all those things that you want. I really like the art. So and it's funny. Ironheart number one. Did you read Ironheart number one? I read some of it. Riri Williams. I read it and I thought it was okay. Um, I found myself sort of unconsciously comparing it to Miss Marvel. 
mm-hmm. because they're the, they're the biggest two new female characters that have come out of Marvel in the last few years, mm-hmm. and uh, it sort of it sort of it didn't stand well to that comparison. I, uh, I found myself consciously comparing it to Bendis's Riri Williams, and it was it was grievously lacking. And then the other thing is that as I was reading it, I went, "This is a new comics writer." And this is not a, this is not a person who's used to writing comics. And so I looked up Evel Ewing, and I was exactly right because I was like, there was just pages of text and nothing Where happening. Where did she come from? Uh, she's a writing professor at Chicago, and she does like uh, different stories and poetry and stuff like that. So she's like an academic and a writer. Um, it, none of those are bad things, but I just was like, this isn't this person. I get why they brought her in; makes sense on paper, but it's like not good at writing comics yet. I liked the art. I didn't love it. But I liked it. I don't. Um, I don't like the new outfit. Uh, I don't have any. I don't. I didn't read her before, so I don't know what her outfit looked like. But uh, no, the the, like, I, the costume used just, to look more like yeah, Iron Man. I, I just don't remember what it, her old costume looked like. I my biggest criticism would be that she doesn't really have much of a distinctive personality. Not in this, and she did in with this, Bendis. In this. Yeah, in this, I, I, she has. She, she's really sort of cookie, cookie cutter. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping that she. Um, develops a personality, yeah, or at least I, something that's de- like sort of sets her apart. Because and that, you know that isn't to say that you, that this person doesn't develop a sense of how to make a comic book interesting. But there was ooh, there's just a lot of talking, and, mm-hmm. and I didn't. There was a I think it was a couple of pages in the middle, which is actually just when I quit reading, and I was like, all right, it's fine. Like you know, yeah, I was. Yeah, I, I mean, know. there's a lot you could just sort of. There's a lot of dialogue you can just put your line through. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've I've done that, and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is super extraneous. Yeah, this is about a four or five page sequence in the middle. And it's just there's too much, and and then her, like, it's just it's a design choice, but the way that they decided to do the Iron Heart, um, word balloons is ugly. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what do you what do you not like about the costume? Uh, I just I, I, I don't I, I don't like the colors like uh. It's pink, pink and, and yeah, it's weird, and I don't know. I just it looked good before. If you had sort of a stylized Iron Man offshoot, that's kind of what she was. Um, so, I guess it's their way of sort of staying in the realm of his colors. But I know, but I was like literally just make it red, and, and she looks kind of like just a like an anime robot head instead of yeah. The teal is a weird choice. Yeah, I, I just don't a weird choice. And there's a little thing over heart, and it, the gray, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think I thought it looked fine before. I don't think it was missing anything. I don't think it needed a redesign. I, I get why they did it, but um, and then that, that color theme is actually recreated. You see it all throughout the book. Yeah, um, it's a weird color choice. Yeah. So those are the books we wanted to talk about. Uh, we also talk about the patron pick at Patreon.com/slash/ifanboy. Everyone who's a patron gets to vote on a book to add to the rundown. And this week, the far and away choice in they love these anthologies is DC's. Nuclear Winter Special Number One. This appears to be DC's holiday special. All right, that's what it appears to be. Because happy holidays at the end. Kind of grim. Well, they did, they did this if you recall for Halloween. Yep. Let me tell the horror stories. Um, I, I mean, I like that. I think that's that's you know you get a framing so at device. The end, at the end, it says uh, Happy Holidays from all of DC Comics. So that would that would lead you to believe this is their holiday special. I, I hope I don't have to read another one. Um, I actually like this. I liked it. Um, against all, all odds, um, it features a framing device written by Mark Russell, art by Mike Norton, two of our favorites, in which Rip Hunter is stuck in the future in Silicon Valley or the beach, either way, with a bunch of tech bros, Silicon yeah. Valley. And uh, he's, they want to eat him because it's a, it's a Mad Max Silicon Valley scenario. And he has to keep them entertained with stories 
of of old superheroes while he's charging his time ship on their electric car charger. And <laughs> it's not just a framing device. Like he keeps checking in in between every yeah. couple of stories. Well, that's because we, we all want to spend more time with Morgus. Um, I just I really like that framing device. I it, thought no, it was funny. It was great. It was genuinely funny several times, and it, it was like, oh, that's the Mark Russell that, that we've really come for. Um, and yeah. Max dudes using tech bro language and, mm-hmm. and uh, business talk was funny. And, you know, it, it, there's so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine stories. They're not all going to be winners, but I thought they were some of them were good. And, and they had some big names on some of these stories, which is unusual. Like uh, Paul Dini and Jerry Ordway did a Firestorm story that I liked. Um, uh, Steve, Orlando, I actually really like Steve Orlando's Superman story. I um, not. Uh, Tom Taylor, I liked, I like, I really liked Supergirl by Tom Taylor and Tom Derenick. That was my. That favorite. was great. Yeah, that was really good. Um, uh, the first Damien story, when I saw it was Damien, I was like, eh. Then I got to the end, I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Um, so it became a one. Yep. With Scam Smith on inks. Yeah. Last time we saw that name, uh, you know, Cecil Casalucci did Catwoman and. Scott Collins drew the Green Arrow story. I like Green Arrow. Old, I like Old Man Green Arrow. I like that story a lot. That was probably my favorite. I think there was a moment or two where they threatened to have me not like it. I mean, the, the very fact, like, this is one of those stories where the thing that occurred to me, I was like, when you put these characters in their costumes when they're old at a holiday party, it's ridiculous. <laughs> like in like like uh, like old Grandma Mockingbird in not Mockingbird Black Canary in uh, in booty shorts with her grandkid. I was like, eh. like, and he actually drew like the line of her ass cheek. Yeah, guys are walking away from the kid. I was like, "Come on!" But overall, like, actually, very similar to Old Man Hawkeye. I was like, "That's the guy. Like, that's yeah. the character aged." Um, I really liked that story a lot. I thought it was really strong. And the, I, I actually really liked the Aquaman story, yes. and it was funny because actually that was one of the best ones. And then it, it, you know, it's Aquaman. All these stories take place in a future, either post-apocalyptic or just a future. Are they all post-apocalyptic? Yeah, they're all they in are. the like. They're all after a nuclear event basically like the world has been scoured so aquaman's been sent down to the depth of of the sea to to gather this goo that that helps eat um radiation and old man hawkman goes down there and gets the goo and then he comes back and it just it says not the end and then i was like oh that's weird it just didn't and then they they, but then mark russell comments on it in the Mm -hmm. in the intervening scene that's that aquaman story didn't have an ending and i was like "I i like this this i like yeah, I mean, like as far as these go, there were some there were some good bits in here. There's some good stories. Um, I think they're more more good than bad. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, know? and I, I think that the the framing device of it sort of all being you know nuclear wasteland stories is kind of fun, and and you know really Mark Russell made this work. If it hadn't been for him, it might have been a little more bleak. But I think that that helped us lift lift it up. Um, I think also the difference between this and the ho- the Halloween one was the Halloween one was all. Very kind of mean horror stories about yeah. those characters, and this was not that they were. These were all the characters, recognizably. No one was murdering the brutally murdering the Kents here, and and they were mostly hopeful, and that's what you kind of want to read right now. But satirical, also, like it was sure. like it was it was grim humor. Also, uh, I, I got I didn't I don't necessarily love the Commandi story, but I loved seeing Phil Hester drawing. I love I love the way he draws. I'm yeah, I didn't I didn't love that story. That's my least favorite one, but it was good to see him on art. Yeah, and Andy Parks and Inks. Yeah, I mean they always kind of work together. Um, yeah, it was fine. It was fun. It was. Uh, I wish I hadn't realized I had to read it at about twelve fifteen p.m. But um, <laughs> I I finished it. A.M. P.M. would have been fine. Yeah, you're right. Well, I would have been working. Uh, but I you know, 
Fine. Hats off to you. Uh, I, I don't know. Actually, I guess I would have read it because I, I always read the holiday special. I didn't yeah, realize did. it was the holiday special. But, you know, I never I never see Jerry Ordway draw anymore. So that was nice. His Firestorm story. Um, Brad Walker. There's some good people in this book. So I'm, I'm happy we read it. I'm happy they picked it. Let's do ratings. 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 This is hard. Overall ratings. Three? I think three. Three Maybe three and a quarter? Three point five. So three and a quarter. Three point two five. Do we have to agree now? (laughs) No, but I'm just saying that's where I was going when you said three. I was gonna bump it up to three point two five. lately we have been like, well like we've been trying to come to an accord, which is kinda nice. (laughs) <laughs> 3.25 and sticking with it is irrelevant it's a special yep. so there you go patreon.com slash ifanboy that's where you can go and vote so add a book to the rundown and we thank everyone who does vote every week we do appreciate it now I want to talk about my allergies I don't know if you know this Josh Josh knows but I don't know if people <laughs> out there know I have really bad allergies I'm allergic to well when someone asks me what are you allergic to I just say what do you got because that's basically what I get on my test in fact, I was just at my allergist two days ago, getting my yearly assessment. Um, uh, it's been li- I'm living with it since I was ten years old. It's a constant presence in my life. <laughs> and one thing I can tell you for sure is that when you when you have allergies, sleeping can be a challenge sometimes. And one of the factors is the air that you're breathing while you're trying to sleep. What's in the room with you? Are there allergens? Are there pollutants? Do you have rugs? Is there a lot of dust? All of that will contribute to your the quality of your sleep and really the quality of your day and by extension the quality of your life if you're not getting good sleep you're, you're i can tell you before i started getting treatment for my allergies i i i was a grumpy bastard sometimes because i wasn't sleeping for days on end breathing clean air can transform the way you sleep particularly for those who are asthmatic or allergy sufferers like me and since we're not immune to the air around us we, while we sleep we're still susceptible to the allergens and pollutants in the environment and that's why Molecule was developed by Dr. Yogi Goswami, a scientist whose son suffered from asthma and who was frustrated by the fact that HEPA air purifiers did not relieve his son's symptoms. And if you, you have allergies, you probably know HEPA is, is, the, is the sort of standard for uh, purifiers these days. And it's old. It's an old, it's an old standard. It's from the 40s. It's from World War II. Uh, so with Molecule, customers have reported feeling energized after the best sleep they've ever had in years. Molecule replaces the 50-year-old antiquated technology we just talked about. Imagine if your phone was the same technology as it was in the 1940s. This is exactly the technology that you're using to clean your air. Um, Molecule introduces a breakthrough science that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level. Molecule's PECO technology goes beyond HEPA filtration to not just capture but completely destroy the full spectrum of indoor air pollutants, including those a thousand times smaller than a HEPA filter can trap. That's a lot more pollutants that you're going to be you're going to be you're going to be getting rid of in your room. Molecule makes a meaningful impact for asthma and allergy sufferers. One customer even said that she was able to breathe through her nose, quote, for the first time in 15 years. Molecule doesn't just have good back- groundbreaking technology on the inside, but creates a complete and clean air purification experience. They've been called by many the apple of air purifiers. Molecule's technology research was backed by the EPA. And Molecule's technology development has also been funded by the EPA. So they're EPA compliant. Molecule's technology has been personally effective and verified by science, but most importantly, it's been tested by real people. Molecule's already been helped allergy and asthma sufferers around the country better cope with their conditions, significantly reduce their symptoms. Less symptoms, better sleep. It's what you that's what people with like me are always looking for. So here's what you do if this is interesting to you, if you've got allergies like I do. For $75 off your first order from Molecule, visit molecule.com. That's M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com. 
And when you go to checkout, enter code IFANBOY, and you get $75 off your first order from Molecule. Um, so I know out, there's a lot of people out there with allergies, people out there looking for better sleep, maybe want, maybe want a better purifier in their room. You can't hurt, hurt to go check out Molecule.com, M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com, coupon code IFANBOY. He's not kidding about those allergies, people. He's not. In fact, I don't think he sold it enough. <laughs> let's let's move on. This would be shocking if one of these patron powers doesn't have something to do with allergies, by the way. Actually, it just doesn't. Mine don't, but... Uh... I'm, mine, don't, mine don't either. Uh, anyway, so every week we like to thank some of the people who are supporting us via patreon.com slash ifanboy. If you give it a $5 level or higher a month, uh, then you get on the list, which we are diligently working our way through. Um, first up is, is uh, Samuel Weiss. Samuel okay. Weiss is always able to deliver a perfect metaphor for any situation, every time. Perfect metaphor. So yeah. what, would, what would you say for this situation? I'm not Samuel Weiss, Connor. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why you thought, because right now I was like, oh, no, I'm panicking. I, I can't think of anything. This is, like, this is like when a bus goes off a cliff as far as a joke. You know, you're right. driving along and all of a sudden, you know, he will help you understand any situation with just a few words that, that you go, oh, okay, yeah, that's right. That's how it is. That's what he can do every single time. There's not going to be that pause that you heard from me. It's Ray. Right. And because of that, you're going you're gonna to feel confident in it even more so as an analytical device. Um, he's, he's got him just, just – he's just snapping him off left yeah, and right. Yeah. He's the do the other members of his team hate him? Oh, yeah. Uh, totally. Yeah. It's not – no one wants that. I mean it's not like he can stop doing it. He's just always right. – Oh man, this 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 lunch is like oh, actually that's a simile, but I'm gonna include similes and sure. metaphors. I think it similes it's, and metaphors. Yeah. So he he can do either one. Yeah, I like okay. I like metaphor as a word better, but I feel like we use simile more colloquially. Jivan Devasi, uh, Jivan Devasi is the most efficient human being in the world. Wow, that means Jivan. There's no wasted effort or time with Jivan in anything he does. Scheduling, uh, he's always hit, doing his errands the most efficient way possible. He he does his work the most efficient way possible. Cleans the house, cooks. There's nothing wasted. Do his coworkers hate him? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. His Saturdays, you would not believe them. I mean, he just he's knocking everything out before noon. Oh, so actually, so I was going to say, because at first you stressed me out, because I thought, oh, no, his Saturdays are too busy, and he's got no chance to recover, like someone else I know, me. And, uh, but instead, you're saying, like, no, no, he, he, makes, he makes time for that. It's part of his efficiency. Yeah, no, he, by, by being so efficient in, his, in the things he has to do, he creates more time for himself. I'm going to tell you what he doesn't do. What? He doesn't wake up and go, yeah, I'm going to look at my phone for three hours. Oh, what happened? <laughs> it's lunchtime? He doesn't, he's not doing that. He probably doesn't exactly. have a smartphone. Right. It's not efficient. Well, maybe he only uses it in efficient ways. That's true. I guess it would depend. He's always had great battery life because he's never wasting it. That's a good point, too. Yeah. But he always knows an efficient way to keep it charged while he's doing things. He's got Absolutely. little, he's got little uh, key wireless chargers all over the house. He just sets them down on them. Uh, I think I just gave everyone a life tip. <laughs> Jack, Jack Window. Good names this week, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, he can always judge a book by its cover. Is that book any good? Let me see it. Oh, it's good. <laughs> that took me a second. I was like, yeah, but oh. It was very literal. That was not a metaphor. That was, you know, like, he doesn't waste a lot of time going, am I going to like this? Is this book so what's interesting it? is, you know, different volumes or, or, or versions of books have different covers. 
but he knows everything. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the, the cover's still going to say something no matter which way they change it. It's not like, oh, I can, you know, and even if even if it's one of those just horrific crimes against nature movie poster covers of a book that existed for 20 years before the movie came out, he can still tell you, you know, based on that. It's, it's, a, it's a gift from me. <laughs> Joe Sturtz. Uh, Joe Sturtz always knows who's hooking up. <laughs> You've just come up with something that has no place in my world. He walks into – well, no, you go to an office sometimes. Okay, that's he walks, true. He walks into a room and he just knows those two are secretly hooking up. Okay, here's the question and you may not be able to answer this. Uh-huh. Is this a pheromone thing or is he seeing like trace evidence or is he it, just, is it? He just knows whatever he reads the body language right. or he or it could be he sees he sees the glances or he sees the pheromones or but what he just he reads the environment and he just knows. And it, it, it's not always a secret, you know, he, he you know, but he, he can see a couple and know they're 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 hooking up. But he, he can walk into an office or. Or a club or wherever and be like, oh, those two are hooking up, or those two are hooking up, those those three are hooking up. You know, so he he just knows. That's not that's useful. Certainly mm-hmm. from a management perspective, it's helpful. <laughs> or a marriage perspective. Oh, see, I wasn't even thinking of that. It's <laughs> funny. Oh, oh, you can I just do saw that. you talking to the mailman and uh, you're hooking up. Well, does his wife know that? Or girlfriend, or boyfriend, or whoever. It's like, up to Joe to be upfront with his powers with his to his people. Should he? I'm not his moral compass. I'm saying, but from an ethical standpoint, do you share that, or you like you 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 think he should have I an feel obligation? I like you have to because uh, you know you'd have too much fun as their significant other knowing who's hooking up. Right. Oh, that's if, a good point. People yeah, that, love gossip, and they'd be like, "Joe, Joe, that is a bonus. Come to my office." Mm-hmm. And you could do it like if you just go to restaurants and you like see that right, waitress sure. and that guy. Oh, wow. Okay, now it's getting better. No, it's super fun. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, thank you very much. Uh, for everyone uh, who's getting those patron names, of course, went to patreon.com slash ifanboy to help support the show. Um, we'll keep these short this week. Uh, so so go there if you if you want to get on that list or if you just want to help the content on the show. You can also get over to ifanboy.threadless.com. You have enough time before the holidays to check out our T-shirts and, and all the other products that they can make out of those things. I, I'm telling you, the Nothing Makes Sense, Nothing Matters shirt, I, it's really feeling like a gift for anybody. Oh, for sure. In, in its various forms. Uh, of course, you can just go to ifanboy.com slash support. You can do PayPal uh, if that's a thing that you'd like to do. Get a, uh, and then finally, uh, go over to ifanboy.com slash Amazon uh, at this time of year. That would that would be great. Um, you'll find the links to all the books that we've done on Booksplode. Always, there's always a link to Amazon on the pick of the week. Uh, and there's a general link to Amazon where uh, if you're doing your shopping right there, that would be rad if you could do through that. And thanks very much. Let's do some audience questions. I don't even know what the uh-huh. time is. Um, We're good. All right. Ryan from Philly, mm-hmm. Adelphia, says, which mm-hmm. Marvel or DC superhero would provide the overall highest quality reading experience if you read them from their first solo title all the way through to the present? So if you started with Fantastic Four number one from Stan and Jack and you read every FF book up through the, this week's book. Mm-hmm. And he says he's been thinking about this since Mark Wade and Chris Samney wrapped their Daredevil run. It's a pretty good amount of thinking, by the way. That is, that's fine. That's a yeah. respectable. I mean, it's not a. I mean, you know. well, it's, it's the only. Could it be better? Sure. Well, I mean, he could have he could have sat on the question for another three years just to make sure. <laughs> um, it's actually a really great question. It is a good question. Been, I don't think we've ever been asked I know. a question. 
it's always great in, to get a question that we've never been asked in the 13 years we've been getting questions. Yeah. Uh, I have. I mean, I think there's a lot of answers. I don't know. Who, I don't know if you could pick the best. Well, right. So he's he's asking for us to go. I'm guessing just to go with our gut because in all these questions there is the problem of the 80s and 90s, which which happened. I mean, it's it's going to be fucking stereotypical, but I don't know how you don't say Batman. First of all, you have. He goes through all the ages, and not all these characters do. So you got Golden Age stories, Silver Age stories, Bronze Age, Modern Age stories. Um, the '90s wasn't that bad for Batman because you had like Alan it's Grant, true. Norm Brayfogel on on books, and guys like that. You know, really quality guys. He, you never went through that mullet period with Batman. Okay. Yep. Um, and then a lot of the classic classic stories you you know run through that run through batman so it's it's interesting because the the way that he phrased it is which provide the highest quality reading experience so right away you've got what is a really subjective thing there sure which is interesting so your answer which i was like oh that's really right for you it's probably not how i would have approached it Mm -hmm. i think um i mean there's a ton of them obviously but i mean so, but if you think about it in that, in, the, in that, in the way that you phrased it, there's a historical study con- context, though, which mm-hmm. is kind of interesting. So you could say the same thing about like Captain America. It would allow you to see everything, you know, in a way. I've seen it all. I've seen it all. You know, you know. He's another great one because, much like Batman. No, I was going. No, actually, I'm wrong. I was going to say he never went through a bad period. Oh, the, yes, he did. There was armor. There was armor cap. Um, but that was a short period. I, I, that '90s period was still pretty good oh, with the with, Mark Grunewald. Kieran Dwyer, and mm-hmm. that was a good. That '90s period was good. Yep, that's true. But so I don't know. I, I still have to say Batman, but I'm curious who you would say. Uh, I think I think it's tough. My my instinct is to kind of say Avengers. That was one I thought of as well because it goes through a lot of uh, really interesting eras. Uh, a lot of a lot of stuff flowed within and out it. Um, I think in the time that I have been reading comics, the good has outweighed the bad. Um, with sure. it. And the good the good has been very good. Um, the yeah. bad was just kind of boring. But you would really see a, an amazing sort of cross-section of creators, both who were very established, but also who established, you know, a thing. In the beginning is, is, is Kirby and, and Lee. And then, you know, you get into Roy Thomas and, and sort of and all that rad stuff in the 70s and early 80s. Um, the Jim Starlin, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and you get, and you get, you get, you know, if you're talking about quality, well, that you know, that's the Marvel universe, yeah. So it's all, it's all of that stuff. But there is the through line of the Avengers being the Avengers, Um, especially in the last twenty years. I mean, there's a there's a period of time in the '90s where the X Men became the center of the Marvel universe, and. Mm The, I still like the Avengers books. Then they they may not have been. The as, Avengers books were good then. Though. I didn't like. See, because I, I didn't like X Men. Right. I read them both, and I still prefer the Avengers. But uh-huh. um, you know, since basically since two thousand, the Avengers have been the center of the Marvel universe. So you got t- almost twenty years of great stories, and and then you have the whole eighties period, which was terrific. Then the nineties, and you got J- J- George Perez and J- uh, Kurt Busiek, and uh, if I'm going to take. Some, if I'm going to take one sort of exception to this, if I was to give sort of an alternate answer, I'm going to Although say, this is sort of an exception, although the, hmm. he says, which Marvel DC superhero? The Avengers aren't a superhero. I was, I was, yeah. He said the Fantastic Four, which is his own example. So, so I, he, what I would say if I... This whole question. If I had to choose an alternate, I'm going to tell you, and I haven't read all this, but I just have a feeling I, I, would, go for, I would go for Doctor Strange. 
Wow. Because I think as a, as a comic book historian perspective, I think a lot of interesting things are happening in there. And it's not consistent. Yeah. There's probably only 200 books. Yeah, but because of that, it feels like the people who worked on it had something to say, and it would go away, and it would come back, and, and you know, is there are things there that happened in those comics that I don't think were widely popular, but were hugely influential. My alternate Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's definitely something to be say about the G, but there would be some slogs. Uh, Scott in Florida has two questions. First, now that Stan Lee is gone, who is the greatest living comic creator? I don't have an answer for this, and I've been thinking about it, and I was hoping that you could help fill me in. There <laughs> um, was one time back when we were doing the show, uh, FM by Full Time, we were doing the video show, that we were going to do a, uh, a, a series of video shows counting down, like like ranking the, all, the creators, the all-time comic creators. They weren't uh-huh. all living, but we were going to rank them. So it's hard to pick and this is living um so it just just put it in context stanley was uh, 95 yes he was about to turn 96 uh and he started in the 30s in the golden age and he was the youngest of that group he was younger than jack he was younger than most of those guys younger than eisner and we lost a lot of those guys through the 80s or through the 90s and the, and the 2000s uh we got a chance to talk to a few people who were living uh while we were doing the video show um and the, and the audio shows so i did um you, Jerry Robinson. I talked to Cubert. Um, uh, we never got. We, we missed Eisner by a, a bit. Uh, but so, but none of those guys. There's no none of those guys are still alive, right? You know, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like we've we've we definitely like. I think Stanley's kind of the the last of that generation. The, the the thing that popped into my head, and I and I don't think that this is the greatest living comic creator, but I am. Um, uh, amazed at how long he's been around and how good his work still is, is Richard Corbin. Um, he wow. still does horror stuff, and he I think he's in his 80s. Well, I would say this. Uh, John Romita is still alive. Is it that, I had that question, if John Romita was yeah. still alive. He's 88. So Wow. And he hasn't think, worked he, in a while. So that's, no, that's but, like, 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 like Corbin just put stuff out. Is it Neil Adams? Is it Denny O'Neill? I think you've got to you've got to have a discussion that involves John Romita, Neil Adams, Frank Miller, um, Walt Simonson. Walt Simon. I, well, I don't know how old he is, but he's got to be near seventy. Uh, yeah, but I'm not. Age is one thing. He's a great creator. I don't know if you put him in the Neil Adams camp or though. Oh, I think. I don't know. I, I that could be a discussion. Romita. I think he's the. I think he's a, he's at the top of the second group. Okay, I think you're talking about pure, purely legendary. Okay, but then again, what does greatest mean to you? Could is it more ta- most talented? Is it most influential? Is it yeah? You know, it, it gets it gets really tricky. And it's a good question, but I think one thing that it does highlight is that like I, that we we that generation is gone now. Okay, well let's just put a, let's just put a stake in it. If you had to pick a name, Starenko? This is no Starenko's still alive. This is by no I, means binding. If you had to pick one person to call the greatest living comic creator, who would it be? Oh, oh, that's hard. I, I'm still Again, trying to. I'm finding. I know. I'm still trying to feel. I mean, my instinct right then is to say Neil Adams, but there are stipulations that go along with that. Where you know, like in terms of the guy who did the work that mattered the most, both uh, both uh, honestly on and off the page. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you could make you could you could make you could make an argument for John Byrne or Chris Claremont, or or you could make an argument for Alan Moore. 
For sure. It's a really tough question. I'm going to say Lee Weeks. Next question. <laughs> In light of DC messing up the Dick Grayson character, could Connor recommend some of the best Dick slash Nightwing stories? And I just want to point out that when he says Dick here, it's specifically the contact of the character Dick Grayson. Right. He does not want a great Dick story. As uh, oh, damn it, I had some. I had a bunch of them ready to go. Sorry. Uh, I mean, first of all, we don't we don't know he's messed up. We suspect he's messed up, but we don't Current. know it for sure. Currently, he's askew. His name is Rick. Currently, um, uh, well, sure. There's lots of great Dick Grayson stories. Um, the whole Chuck Dixon run that he did in the solo book, which lasted like 90 issues or something crazy like that, is terrific. It's a really great run. It's one of my favorites. From that era, um, the uh, so uh, the um, the new Teen Titans with George Perez, Marv Wolfman is, was is great. Dick Grayson, that's where he be first becomes his own man. That's where he, that's where he grows as a character beyond just a sidekick. Um, uh, now that I'm feeling the pressure, now that it's tough. is all on me. Um, I mean, the, like the best that I ever read, and I, I'm not nearly as versed as you are. Uh, you know, the best that I ever read was was that. Early two thousands Chuck Dixon Nightwing yeah, series. That's, that's, that's the best that's I ever read. The, def- the definitive Nightwing story is that Chuck Dixon run. But I would also say, like you know, that the Wolfman Perez Teen Titans was really mm-hmm. the thing that that you know made him the character he is now. So yeah, if I, if you had to pick two, those would be the two runs. So you got, and those are all in trade. They're all collected. So mm-hmm. DC has been slowly collecting the, the, the Dixon run. I think they're into six or seven volumes at this point, and the, the entire run of Wolfman Perez is in omnibus form. So you can read you can read those right now if you want to uh, go back and do so. Those are the two best, I think. Yep. Contact.ifanboy.com. That's where you can reach out to us, like Scott and Ryan, if you want to get in the show. Thank you both. Good questions. Let's talk about some stuff real quick. Dreadnought Legends number one, still on Steam, available on Comixology. $1.99, half the price of your regular book. So if you want to check it out for the holidays, give me and Paul Montgomery and David Campo and Pistola Petrates and Marco Lesko a present. You can spend $1.99. I check it out on Comixology. It's It's... It's a good time. Uh, had by all. Uh, you can also listen to our most recent Booksplode podcast. That's the one where we review a single volume of some kind of comics, uh, sort of an uh, aside to the show. Uh, we do that bi-monthly. Uh, the latest one was uh, Ed Brubaker and Sean Phillips, My Heroes Have Always Been Junkies. And again, I just want to say, before you write to us, to tell us that it's a criminal book, we do figure it out by the end of the show. Yeah, it's a show I think that is key. Um, prior to that, there was a Talksplode with uh, Katie Cook uh, just before that. Now, uh, we should have a Talksplode scheduled for December. There's a really good chance that that will get pushed to early January just because it's harder to get those done. But I, I have a couple of folks in mind, um, and I'd rather have good shows than fast shows. Yeah, so it's like probably, that's probably most likely what's going to happen. Is next month, you'll get a Talksplode and a Booksplode. Yep. So here's the holiday schedule for the remaining time we've got with you. Uh, next week is our final Pick of the Week episode of the year, episode 663. We'll, we'll be back with 664, January 6th. But in the intervening time, will be three shows for you. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is going to come out uh, sometime around 1215. That's correct. Uh, and so I'm looking at the calendar. The all-media year-end roundup, which is our favorite show to do of the year, that we round up all the media plus the comics of the year, will come out in 1216. And then the Aquaman show comes out sometime around 1223. Those will be three shows for you to enjoy in the intervening time while we're on a break. And if you're a patron, this weekend, December 2nd, is the final patron hangout of the year. So come by and have a good time with us in the normal the normal time, 6, six Pacific, 9 Eastern. Come, come join us. Who knows what we're going to talk about. 
Uh, you can also head over to ifanboy.com to find all of our podcasts and, and, and a vast trove of content that has been there for a longer time period than I would like to focus on. Uh, you can find it with the pick of the week as before the show comes out by liking facebook.com slash ifanboy or following at ifanboy on Twitter. Um, you can follow us individually, J.A. Flanagan on Twitter and Instagram and at CSGO Patrick on Instagram. And real quick, speaking of Twitter, if you go back on our Twitter feed, ifanboy, twitter.com slash ifanboy, you'll see uh, we retweeted a uh, link in which the uh, hometown of Darwin Cook is looking to name three new streets. Uh, they sent out a survey online, and uh, we would love it if you felt uh, so to go to that link and fill it out and suggest that Darwin Cook have a street named after him in his hometown. It's a quick survey. It takes you like 30 seconds to fill out. And it's just a quick note. Um, at one point, it says if this street's being named after a person, that we need a consent form from their 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 relative. Uh, that that form has already been sent in by his widow, so you don't have to worry about that. She's already sent in the consent form. Um, but if you go there, literally, it takes it takes 30 seconds to to fill it out. Darwin Cook Way is what we're suggesting. <laughs> um, he he would have been thrilled to have a town this a street in his hometown named after him. So if we would appreciate it. if everyone listening to this show did it, I think he'd probably win in a landslide. So. Uh, go check it out. It's on our Twitter feed, twitter.com. You don't even have to have a Twitter account to go to that link and find the post. Uh, we posted it on Friday, so if you go back in the feed, you'll find it there. Um, I do appreciate it. Everyone, every, every, people have done it already. We thank you for those who have. And if you like this show, please write a review or leave a star rating on iTunes. That's for this show or any show you listen to. Uh, it's, it's a great way to give a holiday present to your favorite podcast is to help them out by leaving a review or just to click on a star rating. And they all thank you, as we do, we do as well. Even better than that is to tell your friends. Word of mouth is the best way to get people to listen to the show. And we do appreciate everyone who does that, helping us spread the iFanboy love all around. Until next week, the final show of the year. I'm Whoa. Connor. And I'm Josh. And I think we all need to give Connor a hand for getting through this without sneezing or coughing. You don't understand what a challenge that is, right? <laughs> God damn it.